So this is my first try at something like this. Um, I am working on getting better at speaking. I'm, I already know that I'm really good at writing. And so this whole thing could be a whole blog post if I wanted it to be. But um, this is my attempt at practicing speaking. So I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this. Maybe four people will listen to it. Maybe a hundred people will listen to it. Um, but it's on my heart. And so I'm going to say my piece. So welcome to my podcast. I'm calling this podcast channel Praise Anyway. And I chose this name because it's something that God spoke over me during a really difficult season in my life. And it became my heart call. I did an art piece around the quote, Sometimes the bravest and most important thing you can do is show up anyway. And I think that that really kind of just ties together what praise anyway means. Because it doesn't really matter like what kind of season you're in or how you're feeling or, you know, what happened yesterday. Like you show up and you combat the fear and you praise anyway. And this first episode I named Calling Seasons and Love because that's a big thing that God has been tackling in the last nine months of the year. So here it goes. Um, I entered into a season of waiting about four years ago. I was 16, I was naive and passionate, and I was the girl in love with the people in North Korea. Um, a lot of you don't really know exactly how this calling was placed on my life, so uh, a lot of this episode is going to be me telling you my story, uh, but before you click away, because I know that a lot of people don't like to hear about North Korea, and that's okay, because I know that it's not for everybody, um, it's not going to be the whole episode. I am just going to share my calling story. But uh, North Korea is such a huge piece of my story. And so it is something that I talk about. And it's going to come up more than once in this channel. Like, it's just such a big piece of my heart. So if you're still here, if you made it through that, I'm glad that you're ready to hear my heart and the word that God has for us today. So the reason that I'm sharing the story of my calling is because I think that when you share your experience, it can help other people really kind of see it through a lens in their own lives. And then they can um, look back and they can go, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Like that happened in her life. And so I think that it's also happening in my life this way, or maybe it just looks a little bit different. And so... I think that when you see um, somebody else's, it does just help you realize what's happening in your own life. So yeah, let's, let's get this started. So I was 14 years old and I had read a quote on Pinterest and it said, if you want the heart of God, chase after the things on his heart. So for two years, every single day, I was in high school, I was, I was a freshman at this time, I was praying every single day, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And 
it's one of those prayers that I actually consider a one breath prayer. And I've got a lot of those. They're just prayers that you can slip under your breath and say really quickly, just literally all the time. Another one of my favorites is Lord lead me home. And, um, I mean, honestly, like you could catch me at any point in time, just whispering, Lord, lead me home. So that was, um, a prayer that I had been praying every single day for two years, all the time, constantly, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And, um, I had no idea that he was going to pick North Korea of all things. Uh, I really, I truly, I thought it was going to be something local. I thought it was going to be something small. You know, I thought like, oh, like I'm, I'm 14, I'm 15. Like it's going to be something, you know, manageable. Like I'm going to have just a huge burden to go to the soup kitchen in downtown Houston, loaves and fishes. That's where I'm going to go. And I just, I knew in my heart, like, that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And then, you know, God hit me with North Korea. And I wasn't even too sure how it just happened. One day I just woke up and I was 16 years old and I had this deep sorrow in my heart for the North Koreans and I was crying daily. Like there were no news stories happening. There were no documentaries I was watching. There was no prompting on it. They were not anywhere in the news, they were not on my mind, like, I don't know where it came from other than God, my heart just broke for these precious people, and so, like, that's just how I kind of spent being 16, like, it was just all-consuming, like, that was really the only thing I could think of, and then I was 17 before I actually told anybody because I was so afraid of what people were going to say. Because I knew everybody's opinions on North Korea. Like, it wasn't something everybody was talking about because they weren't in the news at the time. But, I mean, everybody had an opinion on North Korea. And it was the same opinion everybody grew up having with Iraq. And so, I was terrified to tell people. And one day, I was a junior in high school. And I remember it. And I was, I was at lunch. And I just started telling my friends about it. And... Everybody called me crazy. Everybody called me crazy. My friends, my teachers, uh, everybody. I was, and I still am, being told that I'll never see a free North Korea. I will never go to those people. And that even if I did make it, I wouldn't survive. And I do want to clarify that not everybody tells me that. There are, I do have a group of people in my corner. And I will always, 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 always know who those people are. And I will always remember those people. But for a very long time, I didn't have anybody in my corner because when I was going through all this, I wasn't in church. I wasn't involved in a church. I knew God, of course, but the last place that I wanted to be was at a church filled with people because I had a sour taste in my mouth about church from past experiences when I was younger. And so that was just the last place I wanted to be. So I was a young girl who didn't have a community rallying with her, but a community rallying against her. And you would think that I would quit. I would just give up because that's low-key on brand for me. But miraculously, I didn't. 
I pursued harder and I started asking God to send me and I was praying Isaiah 6 8 over my life and I was doing all kinds of art projects and I had it written on my arm all the time and I was probably turning 18 around the time so I'd probably just got into the cowboy church and um, that's when missions had really gotten placed in my life and when I was asking God to send me like I wasn't I wasn't really thinking missions I was thinking maybe a hammer and I was gonna go break down the wall myself um, but that's not what God had for me I I truly believe that God has ministry in that future and for a long time I didn't want to accept it and it wasn't a big thing that I was like broadcasting but as I'm getting older, it's getting to be something that I really do want to do. And I think I am really excited about it. But, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And after a while, I heard him say, when the time is right, because I still, I still pray, send me over my life. And so every once in a while, he'll say, when the time is right. And for a long time, that made me mad. But my thoughts are not his thoughts, my ways are not his ways, and they never will be. But when I was 18, really, really began my season of waiting. I have been in waiting since I was 16, and I knew what my calling was, and I knew where my calling was. And I've been waiting to see movement and progress and everything like that. But the waiting started when I was 18, and I've been waiting on God to send me ever since. And God has definitely taught me some amazing things during this. He has taught me how to wait expectantly, which I think is just so important. I think that if you wait expectantly and every single day you wake up and you're excited about what God's going to do and you know that he'll do something with you, I think that it, it's a magnet for blessings. And I just, I think that it's such a good practice for just everybody, even like, even if you don't have something like huge right now that you're waiting on, like, I think you should be expecting about maybe what's coming, what's coming next. And, um, he has also brought such divine connections that I never could have made in a million years without him. I mean, there are so many stories that I have just confirming this calling and kind of pushing in to like, yes, like these are people that you're going to need in the future. Like just hold on to that number. Like you don't have to text them every day, but hold on to that number because you are going to need it one day. But he's also instilled a boldness in me that has set me apart in wild ways and not just for the whole North Korea thing, but such a boldness just in my everyday life. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that these are just, that's just three things that I've taken away from my season of waiting that's really only been about two and a half years long, I think. And so I just, I mean, I can't even wait to see what else happens. But I know that he's going to continue to keep doing things and teaching me things because that's what a season of waiting is all about it's all about learning and growing and seeing what else he's going to do and and show you I do want to encourage everybody 
that you do have a calling and a gift. And when you're leaning into God, that's when those things get revealed. That is the end of my North Korea rant. I don't think that I have anything else to say. I mean, I've got plenty to say, but I don't think that I have anything else to say about it right now. So this is kind of where I get into the calling aspect of this. And the verse that I want to go through is Romans 12, 3 through 8. And it describes the gifts that everybody gets. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have it, you can listen to me. If you want to pause and get it, you know, whatever works. Um, But I'll read it and I'll probably put it in the description too. So, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, are individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So, I think that there's so many gifts. Like, I think that this is just a small list that Paul has given us in Romans, but I think that this is a really good way to start if you're not sure what your gift is and you know, you can just kind of read through it and you can really lean in and pray and just kind of find out what it is that God gave you because he really did give everybody something so unique that no man can take away and it aids us in our calling and it sets us apart from everybody else because Jesus said like they will know you by like what you do and who you are like so I I do I urge you to discover what your calling is and what your gift is and I don't know if gift comes first or calling comes first or calling and then gift I know that I didn't really find out my gift until I found out my calling, but um, I don't think that God really has a set way in how he's going to give it to you or how he's going to reveal it. I think it's it's different for everybody, and so you really just have to lean into your faith and figure it out, and he'll tell you. If you ask him, he'll tell you. There are a few things I want to tell you about what happens when you find out your calling. When you find out your calling, fear steps in without fail. But I assure you, God will usher that fear out of the party every single time. He stills the seas and he will still your heart. You will have days where you feel really unworthy. But when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples in John 13, he states, I know whom I have called. And so, like, I mean, Jesus knows. He knows you. And you'll go through seasons of being molded by God into what he needs for the next step. And I think the best way to describe this is the way that T.B. LeBerg said it. 
So I'm just going to read you this little thing that he wrote because it's just, I mean, the best way that I can describe that. But it says, moment by moment, heartbreak by heartbreak, God is changing and molding you, equipping you to be the tool he will use to build his kingdom. He is filling you up so that he might pour you out. It is never an easy thing to be poured out for Christ. Oftentimes, it is a call to die to self, but its glory will outshine all that we do here on earth. To be used by God is to be chipped and bent, immersed in fire, and hammered out on an anvil. It is the defining thing that will set a course for eternity. The call to holiness starts when we say, send me. And when we are in the process of this change, our lips must be quick to praise. For when we are being made into something wonderful by a God who is altogether good. So, I mean, I mean that just, it said it all. It said it all. You have to be quick to praise because it's hard. It's hard to be used by God because he prunes and he chips away at things and he molds you and it, it's hard to be molded sometimes. And there are seasons of pure waiting pure silence and you just you don't hear anything from God and it's hard and it's scary and you're begging God to move you're standing there with open hands saying like wave your hand or part the waters or just do something so that I know that you're still up there and this is the kind of season that made me want to quit and uh, this is this is my scary part of the podcast because I'm really transparent at this moment and I don't like being transparent, but I'm going to do this for y'all. So I actually just left my season of wanting to straight up quit. Um, I think that I have grown up in an instant gratification generation where if I have any questions on anything or if I want to know anything, I can whip out my phone and pull up Google and the answer is there in 0.3 seconds. Or if I want to have something, I go on Amazon, I get it on Prime, and it's at my door the next day. So I haven't really grown up with having to wait. And so when God is saying, just hang on, like, I'm not done, but just sit still for 15 seconds, it's, it's hard because I'm not told no. I'm not told, oh, like, just hang on. And so... I had told God that if this calling meant watching my people suffer and having to sit still and be silent and just wait to take the passion away, that I didn't want it anymore. And uh, that's when God whipped me right back into my place. And he gave me this vision of my future self. And he told me, he said, if you don't want to do this for your right now, do it for your future. Praise anyway for her because she's on her way and she needs you to be ready. And this shook me to my very core because I knew that God was keeping me in this for the long haul, that I couldn't just hop off the train. We're going 90 to nothing and you can't just tuck and roll. And it's just, it's a really, it was a really cool moment to even just get a glimpse of what he's going to do with my life, even if it's not the whole picture, if it it was just a two second thing. And it was just so neat that God kind of just opened the door and he said, I promise I know what I'm doing. If you will just hang on for just, just a little bit longer. So 
all of that was to say that God does answer prayers, maybe not the day that we ask, but in good and perfect timing and makes it better than what we asked for. And the best proof of this is Ephesians 3.20. And that just says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So, like, God is within us, and there's nothing that, you know, is going to defeat him. There's nothing that he can't do in us. We might be waiting right now, but he's preparing something so much better and bigger than we could have ever even thought to ask for. And that's my piece. To finish this off, I do want to speak to my single people about waiting because I know that that's a whole other kind of waiting. And when you think Ephesians 3.20, that is spoken over a lot of single people's lives. I know that it's been spoken over mine several times. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. But it loses its effect after a while. And so I just wanted to share a little bit of encouragement and some thoughts on it. Um, I think that the verse is very powerful in itself when you kind of understand it more and you, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in the process like any good thing. But when it's constantly being thrown, it's really, really hard to just soak it in and say, yeah, no, I know that's true. Because the words wear down. Being single is really tough, but it's got a purpose. Because being single is your time to get alone with yourself and with God and to really, really understand who he's creating you to be and who you are so that when he brings that other person in, you can really, really mesh. I know better than anybody that's easy to just pick that person and say, oh, I found it. I found the one. And then you want to like fist bump God and God's like, nah, dude, that no, mm -mm, you no, you didn't do it right. But I did hear a quote and I think it was from Sprinkle of Jesus and it has changed my entire thought process on the dating experience because it says, they may be cute, but do they support your anointing or your calling? And that just, it really, it stood out to me because I think when you do know your calling, it makes more sense that that's what you want to chase after and you don't want to chase after that and have somebody who is chasing the other way because you're never going to meet in the middle. You're always going to be running further away from each other to reach your own callings and your own purposes and your own goals. So that person's calling or yeah, that person's calling should complement your calling. It shouldn't contradict. But you can't know what contradicts your calling if you don't know what it is. And boom. Now I'm going to put a bow on top of this and wrap it up. So, friend, you do have a calling. And it will come with seasons of joy and heartbreak. But the Lord treads before and behind you. And if you seek his heart, he will show you your purpose. Go boldly in your faith and love and live your truth. 
that is, that's all I have for you today. I am going to say a prayer just because public praying is not my thing, but I have to get better at it. So, um, yeah, yeah. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you don't want to close your eyes, you know how I don't, I'm, I don't make the rules of prayer cause I do my own type of prayer. So, but I'm going to pray now. Dear Lord, thank you for our seasons, for using them to strengthen us, for giving us a calling and a gift so unique to who you created us to be. We come over you and ask you to break our hearts for what breaks yours. Show us a piece of your heart. Let us draw near. I pray our hearts would ache for every lost soul. Give us the passionate desire to share the gospel with everyone we meet to make heaven crowded. Lord, I would rather stand shoulder to shoulder with your sweet people than grieve over his soul who got the wrong gospel told to him. Please bind any evil that may come our way. In Jesus' name, amen.